Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Red Men Radio, episode number 68, the season preview podcast. I am joined for the first time in what seems like an age by one Paul Machen. Hi. Welcome back. Yeah, good to be back. I think my, my, my body's back, my brain's not quite yet. So if anyone's watching the video version of this and they see me glaze over, um, don't presume it's it's your chat. It's it's just jet lag. No one would have presumed that anyway, Paul. Well, now. <laughs> so we've got a great kickoff question. Mm. Uh, Structure the show as it always is. Kickoff question, news in brief. One big topic, which will be the season preview. And mm-hmm. then we're going to answer questions. Um, Chris Nell on Facebook. What's the largest animal you could kick over a crossbar? <laughs> now, he has cited, obviously, we don't condone cruelty to animals. This is purely a fantasy question. Can I just ask if this was like... <laughs> You know what? No, I'm not no, going to go there. No, don't ask it. Answer it. Okay. Um, I want to know the distance. Yeah, I'd like to know the distance. Okay. If this was like an American football style field goal situation, it is. Then a sparrow. A sparrow. Uh, maybe like you know what I mean. I'm not. I don't think. I mean, given that I watched John Arisa being say... capable of kicking a, a football over over it from the proper distance, I, I, which is designed to be kicked over that distance. Yeah, maybe like a... 18-yard box. Edge of the 18-yard box? Not the D, the edge of the actual... <laughs> okay, so from the edge of the 18-yard box, maybe like a like a, a corgi. Okay. Or a, or a you know, a, a, I wouldn't want a too small a cat, <laughs> you know, because they're quite, they're quite light, and aren't they? they? I'm not sure they get the distance. Like, you know, uh, you have to, it's not about the size, it's about the... The, the weight, I think. Um, well, I'm basically just not a very big animal. Okay. I've I've answered the question with a fawn or a lamb. I'm thinking something like that. So a baby you, deer sorry, or a baby sheep. You genuinely think you could kick a lamb over the crossbar? Absolutely. Right. And I'm like dying. Newborn. To, I, like, if it wasn't cruelty to animals, I would absolutely have a go. But there are... Does that... But, okay. <laughs> so what I'm thinking is, I don't want something that's on the floor. First and foremost, so you need to get under it exactly. <laughs> you know me, Paul. If I'm going in on something, I'm going in. Yeah, so I've worked out what I think. I think you. I don't think you're kicking here. I think you're flicking. I'm booting. I or am scooping. booting right on where the rib cage would be on a human bending over. Okay, you know what I mean. So that's what I'm looking for. So I'm looking for something like, as I say, a baby animal. I think is probably a good shelter. Like you don't want, you know, like when you fill out. When you're like in your mid twenties or something like that, you don't want something that's filled out 
do you? You just want something that's a little bit lightweight, maybe not great on its feet like a baby deer. Bambi. Let's just go with Bambi. Let's Bambi's kick Bambi over the bar is what you suggest. And I think I can get a decent height on a Bambi. Or a lamb. <laughs> what? <laughs> I do. Like, I'd shave the lamb first, obviously. You're not going to kick it with all its fur. That's just added weight. You've got to take its weight down a little bit. You know what I mean? Aerodynamism. Exactly. I think I'm kicking it side on as well. I think this this has been sparked by... What's that film? You're my boy, Blue, where the the dog gets his kicked over the side of a uh, bridge. Oh, Anchorman. Is Anchorman it in? Is it? Okay, well, maybe it's that. I think it was sparked by something like that, this question. Is it Anchorman with Jack Black has got the dog? Yeah, maybe it is. If it's Anchorman, yeah, absolutely. I think that's where this question's come from in, in Chris Nell's mind. He's watched Anchorman recently. It's more like Chris Cannell. <laughs> absolutely. I'd see is the thing. This... <laughs> If you swap, can we just say if we swapped animals for anything else in this, whether we condone it or not, that's not Chris. That's not cool, man. Not you, Chris. Chris Kinnell. This is not cool. This is very not cool. See, I'm thinking if you kick a sparrow, what if it takes off into flight mid? What if it finds its feathers, so to speak, mid flight, and then just doesn't go? Well, over the crossbar, what if that helps it go over the crossbar? That's a good point. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think glides. you can get under the sparrow very easily. Anyway, we, this is just ridiculous. Um, the I'd, answer, I'd be towing it anyway. Obviously, you, you tow anything over a seven-yard pass. Uh, news in brief. Ben Woodburn is looking to go out on loan to Sheffield United. Um, I've not spoken to you about this, Paul, actually. You know, me and Tom have discussed it on the Transfer Laters podcast uh, earlier on in the week. Uh, we discussed it on the news show on YouTube yesterday. Is this a good move for Ben? My initial reaction was no. Um, and it, But this is to do... I, I'll be honest, I don't really know where Sheffield United are at. Like, I used to... I, used to, I was not actively following my head more of it, more than a passing interest because I used to live down the road from from, um, from Bramall Lane. Um, for a while, like, so I... I, I I always used to keep an eye on Sheffield. I had a lot of friends who support and support the Blades and 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 Sheffield Wednesday too. To be fair, um, I have in my head what Sheffield United are, and it's it's just Neil Warnock Sheffield United side. So my immediate reaction is to recoil in horror at Ben Woodburn going there. But um, you had a chat with with James Alcott, didn't you, from Ball Street? He's a he's a QPR fan and therefore far more knowledgeable about the championship than we will ever be. And he seems to he's a lady. Mate, uh, like there's fans of. Clubs from the bottom six down who who keep an eye on the championship just in case. Uh, it's the top six that don't, yeah. isn't it? And fans was yeah. Listen, he I forget the manager's name, so apologies. I should know this, but I don't because I'm a Premier League fan. He was saying that they play good aggressive style football. They do like to win the ball back high up the pitch, counter press that type of stuff. So he thought that it would be a good move for Ben Woodburn. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm taking that knowledge from him. You know, it's not my own. Obviously, uh, he thinks it'll be a good move. I, I respect his opinion on football, so I'm, I'm sort of leaning towards that. I like the idea of him going to Aston Villa, even though Steve Bruce was the manager there. I thought to myself, you know, all right, it's, in a, it's been in a little bit of turmoil over the last few years, Aston Villa, but as far as playing for a championship club that's a big club that you're going to get a bit of spotlight on, yeah. I thought I could understand why maybe you'd go there. Now, it looks like Jürgen Klopp's had final say on his destination, and mm-hmm. it was between these two clubs, and he's picked Sheffield United, and that's kind of good enough for me as well. There's a reason he's picked Sheffield United over um, Aston Villa. I mean, yeah, I mean, distance-wise, you know, you're talking 
it's, it's kind of you know much of a muchness, isn't it? You know what I mean? Really, you are you. I, I like the idea of keeping them keeping them not too far away, so you can keep an eye on them. But yeah, there's a degree to which what what type of footy? I think we looked at the Oviajaria loan from last season and be like, it's telling that he's gone to Rangers. <laughs> you know, rather than you know whether we whether that was a favour to Steven Gerrard, which seems mad to you know play with the fortunes of a of a, a promising young footballer just as a as a favour to someone like, but uh, you know send them to a team that was good, that was getting relegated effectively. Don't I don't think that really helped him as as a, as a style of player. And would be too. He's exactly the kind of lad who would get jettisoned. I think in those situations, unless he was he stepped up and was a true leader, and you know we'll, we'll get a good test of his character. I think regardless of where he goes in there. Uh, in the championship, but if you're going to get a club, it's going to be uh, like we've said this. Who else has gone to the championship? Um, Harry Wilson. You know, you you talk about you want you want them going to a club that's going to be there or thereabouts in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So at least they get they get a sense of they're going to play some good football. The pressure's not going to be on them to desperately get results because the results will naturally come to some extent. So it, look, if that's the case of Sheffield United, they're playing decent footy and they're going to be around the business end of the championship. Then fine, and that's it. And I think one of the reasons that maybe Villa was not thought of, or why he's not gone to Villa, sorry, is that Jack Grealish hasn't moved on yet. So there's no guarantee of game time and minutes and stuff. And maybe if Grealish had gone out, yeah. I think Tottenham are rumored to be after him, aren't they? If he'd have gone out, Liverpool would have felt much more comfortable with him going there yeah. and taking that sort of slot in. Yeah, the, and in the and, to, and to be fair, Villa Villa are just up. To- up shit creek at the minute, you know, the in, in terms of the finances, the clubs the clubs just completely up in the air. Randomly chatting to Aston Villa fans, there was two right by me in the ground at the at the weekend. I chance um, one of them quite a bit about it. Like and it's not that club's not right. You know, so you, you could what you could find is someone chucks the baby out with the bathwater a month into the season there. And um well, you know, we're like, we're like exactly, you know, like, like the Thierry Omri. You know, if Thierry Omri's in charge there, then maybe you're turning around and you're saying, well, look, you get to come and learn off Thierry Omri for a year. Similarly with the, the Wilson stuff under Frank Lampard, because uh, you can only look how good Curtis Jones has become mm. for a year under Stephen under Stephen Gerrard. So there's, you know, there's definitely value in that. But all of a sudden you're looking at Villa; they've kept with Steve Bruce, but for for how long? The manager changes. He does it. Every he happens at Riga Wolfsburg, and the manager changed, and he, he's got to fight his way back into plans. And new managers are not going to put their reputation yeah. or managers in trouble on lads that they can't, they don't know or can't trust. Maybe. Okay, so some more news in brief. Origi, um Watford's still after Origi, but they want it on a loan deal. Yeah, Liverpool obviously won twenty-seven million quid for Divock. Um, <laughs> Watford looking to not spend any of that Richarlison money and bring him in on loan. Um, Someone's going to take Divock Origi, I think. Goals cost money. Yeah, he will bring goals. Yeah, exactly. Kiravea to Rosenberg. That one looks like it's all but done now. Uh, Two point four million rising to three and a half. I think you know. Again, we've chatted on this. We won't. We won't talk too much about it, Paul. But you know, my my feelings on Kiravea to Rosenberg is that Kiravea. It was very much a Brendan Rodgers style footballer, and unfortunately, the team has moved on quite significantly since he was brought into the club. Yeah, he's he's fine, isn't he? He's, he's a good footballer. I think he's about he's he's half a yard too slow and half a you know half a foot too small to be what we need him to be. Really, very tidy, committed lad. You know, good 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 passing range and what have you. That he's going to Rosenborg tells you everything you need to know about his level. But it is interesting that there was talk that we're going to put a, a look for a buyback clause for, in that regard. Well, so. a, a different buyback for every year. 
So in the first three years, there'll be a different fee set, we believe. And final little piece of news, because everybody's been talking about it, uh, Christian Pulisic. Now, I've spoken at length about Pulisic to Chelsea and what I think Liverpool should potentially do with that. Um, but I've obviously not heard your opinions on mm-hmm. it. Now, if Pulisic is available, rumoured to be around 65 million quid, do you think Liverpool should be a little bit opportunistic in this sense? Yeah, I mean, I, I do. Whether we will, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I wonder. I. I. I do feel as though there's, we're going to have to move a couple of lads on at this point because uh, we have spent quite a lot. I. Yeah. Personally, it's a no-brainer for me because we know that Klopp likes him. We know that he likes Klopp. Um, interesting. That we've got an interview coming up soon. I had an interview with the American. Soccer journalist uh, Grant Wall, uh, who actually knows Pulisic, interviewed him for his book uh, and talked about that. that he, he does have a, he does really like Jurgen, so that could be a swaying factor in this regard. Mm-hmm. It's just whether for a nineteen-year-old lad, there's what I think. There's one thing when you go out and you're spending that kind of money on it on, on on a proven talent. I don't think Liverpool would be in the market for a nineteen-year-old at that kind of that kind of price, unfortunately. Um, but maybe a little bit of sentimentality you know something you raised a while back probably a year ago about the you know the american thing it makes a big difference um you know we spend a lot of money and a lot of effort in trying to take over the american markets as it were from a business sense and if we could get people sick then that would be a um that would be a big It'll be a big step towards doing that. And let's be honest, it would just get everyone jizzing in there collectively. Now, this is an exciting footballer who's got a huge a huge career ahead of him. Um, I also feel like this one is one of those where not only you're strengthening Liverpool if you do commit, mm-hmm. but you're actually also weakening our rivals. And I think I said yesterday that you know if Pulisic goes to Chelsea, that for me means he's never coming to Liverpool. Maybe give or take, you know, unless he has a stinker, moves to Roma, and then we buy him on. The well, exactly, exactly. But that's that that's where in that regard, if he was going to Man United or whatever, I agree. I agree with that sentiment. But the fact is, he's not ready. He's not ready to be a main man for a for a football club yet. You know, and it was just something that Grant said when we were talking about him being the future of America. He's like, he's not he's just not done it. He's not he's not he's not proven. There's no you can't sit here and go, this is gonna be the guy leading them to lead them on the charge to the next World Cup because he's nineteen. So much happens in your career. Ask Freddie do. Well exactly my words exactly. Um but you know, you can there's so much development for him to do. He's Dortmund have put that price on him if if that's the case. To, to scare people off and also because that is a ludicrous price for a 19 year old who he's not you know you're not talking about the next Messi here he's a very very good player he might go on to have a, an incredible career but you know at the minute he's just a, he's just a very talented a very very talented 19 year old there's loads of very very talented 19 year olds and that's I think a lot of people are getting carried away with it because he's a talented he's American and, and people know his name uh, and what have you but that yeah I you know, he, he he could just he, he, a bad season, and that could you know you could find him plateauing for a few years, and all of a sudden you've, you, it's not it's not quite okay. Like well, let's move on to the bulk of the show then. Um, I've got it down here is what's a good season for Liverpool, and the reason I've kind of phrased it like that rather than season preview is we put the question we put we put a tweet out we put a Facebook post out every week asking for questions from people, and the question that came up more than anything else is what, what do we do about Carriers? No, it's not actually. <laughs> it's now changed to what do we do about Carriers and Minulay? That question <laughs> okay. that's moved on since you've been to America interviewing people like something yeah, about Fakir. We've had a lot of them. As well, (laughs) if I could, I would. I would set up a a ban list of words, and Fakir would definitely be there. Um, I don't know how to do that on Facebook, unfortunately. 
So I think everybody wants to know what constitutes a good season for Liverpool. So, listen, Paul, the transfer window's nearly shut. Are you happy with the business that we've done? Ecstatic. Absolutely over the moon. Um, I is that is that from just the Liverpool sense, or are you looking around the league as well and looking at what everybody's doing and saying, actually, I thought it was good from a Liverpool sense, but now I look around, you, know, you lift your head up, and everyone else is still on the start line almost. I no, I haven't factored anyone else's business in at all. I'm just very, very happy with the business that Liverpool have done. But in doing that, and you contextualise it, we've we've had the best transfer window of, of anyone on paper so far. No, exactly. You know what I mean? And I, I did a video on this last year. You can't win the transfer window. There's no such thing. It's a made-up bollocks phrase just to drive clicks. But we've won the transfer window. <laughs> um, but you know what Liverpool have done. It's a, it's a, it's an irrelevance to, to some extent. Look at look at the state of Tottenham Hotspur. Mm. You know they've they, all, all their best players don't come back to train until next week, whoop, whoop. and I, I won't do that anymore. And they're being linked with Jack Grealish, who's shit. And, and I might I might have just linked him. That might not be true. No, no, it's definitely true. Um, I think Ball Street linked him to be fair. Um, but th- you know this is. Um, yeah, we've we've done the business. We've got the bulk of it done early. You know what? What was really interesting is let's use Jaden Shakiri as an example. Of this there's our weakest piece of transfer business, and he's effectively you know we saw him play more as like a central role, didn't we at the at the weekend? But so it it was exciting to see him play that. He was doing that in training as well, which was really good. And he was playing some wonderful like slide through balls. But you know he can also cover on the right hand side. He could probably cover on the left hand side, etc., etc. And he's just gone and scored an overhead kick. And he's been in training with them. Now it won't have been, probably wouldn't have been picked up in the coverage. He is he is the least versed. Oh, Allison's still got to come in, of course. So I'll caveat with that. But he's still not integrated in our squad yet. And so, like in the warm-ups for the United game, you know when they like they, they laid him from the left. Oh, they laid I was going to say, right. please. I thought you were going to say he hadn't have a, he didn't have a partner. He had no idea where the passes were coming from in okay. that shooting warm-up. Okay. He was just like panicking and turning like, around and waiting. Fucking dodgeball. It was mad. It was. I was like, no one's told him what to do. He's got no clue of where the balls come from. It was hilarious. He was like a little dog, little yappy dog chasing his tail. Um, and he's. But like, this is the point: is that you know, as you say, with the other clubs doing their business, this is a lad who's not played a game for us. These the, most of these other clubs haven't even; they've barely begun, and there's like what they're going to be about eight, 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 nine days probably left of the transfer transfer window. Um, yeah, so simple answer. I'm, I'm the same great. as you. I think Liverpool have, have just the way in which we've acted in this transfer window has been better than any other as well. I think there's definitely been a push to bring in players in before we have to sell. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important point to make as well. I think, you know, people probably think there's a lot of money left. We have no idea whether the Fikir money was spent on Allison or not, yeah. um, for example. But I don't feel like no matter how much we make back from selling players that we're going to go into the market now. Mm-hmm. I think Jürgen's done. And he said this a couple of weeks ago. I think he's happy with his squad. I think, you know, the, the gaps in the squad that we as fans look at are probably maybe centre-back. I think, and then there's a question mark over a forward, but there's always a question mark over a forward. People say there's the, there are gaps there, and but those gaps only exist if you don't believe in the players that we've already exactly. got at the club. And I think Jürgen does. Yeah. I think that's the big difference. And I had, I had it mentioned, it kind of comes up to some extent in a, in a question we're going to add. I don't know if it's one of the subscriber-exclusive questions later, but um, look at Curtis Jones as a good example of this. I think he's emerged this summer such that we, I, I've been going on about we need to go and get an 18, 19 year old lad who, who, who is the next up and coming. And I don't, I don't think Curtis Jones's future lies at left wing. 
but he's got pace and he's got control. And if you can if you can get him some game time this season in in that position, if if you have to. I'd feel quite, I'd feel comfortable seeing, it. or in a four-two-three-one, because we have seen him play left side and that in preseason. We've got beneath the first team. We've got, I think we've got to find game time. We've got, we've got young players there that we can find game time for effectively. So as much as the, the you could say we can say the centre half thing, mm-hmm. we own five centre halves. Yeah, but you need two for every position. That's what we keep saying. Mm-hmm. You need four for two. You need four, six for three in centre midfield, and you need six for three up top. Now, yeah. there's the there's the question mark. But the players that and the quality of play that we're looking for, especially you know talking about the front three now, they're not a quick fix. I think we've been lucky with the Shakiri deal. We've got a quality player for well under his market value mm-hmm. who has the desire to perform at Liverpool yeah. in any type of a role, whether that's a squad role or a first-teamer role. I don't think we know yet whether he's going to be a first-teamer or not. Mm-hmm. I think his performances in training behind closed doors and what Jürgen Klopp sees him will dictate where Shaqiri plays because yeah. everybody thought he was just a backup to Salah and Mane mm-hmm. and the first time we see him is playing essentially in a number 10 role. Isn't it mad how we could be back in this situation again that we were last summer where we thought Salah was managed understudy and except yeah. instead we played both. We could find ourselves quite easily in a situation where we're midway through the season again and Shaqiri, Salah, Firmino and Mane is our front four and that's our best front four and we're going, we need an understudy for Shaqiri here because what are we, what are we, what are we meant to do? And that's a distinct possibility that rather than maybe we haven't been buying squad depth, maybe we've just been we have been secretly improving our. That's our the thing. This is the this is the thing that does my head in. Yet it's also the thing that I absolutely love about preseason is that it's that not knowing. It's that how many yeah. how many times have we sat here and sort of alluded to what we think might happen? You don't know until the first game. And of then when Alden starts as a box to box midfielder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, <laughs> a, that's exactly the point, though, yeah. isn't it? And then you know Sadio Mane is a right winger for us. He's the best player at the club. All of us sudden he's the third best player of the club and he's a left winger I mean this, this happens yeah. 10 games into the season we could look back at the videos that we've done in this pre-season and go wrong 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 lucky fucking guess yeah, yeah. that's yeah. simple yeah no it's true and, you know we are and that's the beauty of we we haven't seen us at our full power yet we still I think we're still working on we we spent this preseason working on plan B's and it was an interesting point you, you, you alluded to it slightly earlier but one of the things that, from speaking to Jürgen, he kind of hinted at was that we, when we play at our best, we win games. We just win. But when we're not at our best, we need to get better at winning games. And I wonder, and you know, something we we were speculating on a few weeks ago when the preseason was started, that that's why we, that's why Sturridge seems like he's got another role. That's why we are we are taking our time. We're not binning off players. We're not because look, Origi would just get sold in any normal summer. Because he wasn't good enough last season, how's he going to be good enough this season? We've Jürgen has kept everyone around as long as possible, and, and you know it's it's telling that Kirave is only deals only going through since we got back from the got back from the states now over in France doing the proper training, and I it wouldn't pardon me. You've got the we've got the Dublin the game in Dublin coming up against Napoli. And the Torino game, it wouldn't shock me if Liverpool's business out is going to get done. Mm-hmm. It won't get done until they come back from this French training camp effectively because that's the final chance you've got to for well, Jürgen to run the There's a reason everyone. that Ben Woodburn didn't join up with the other players in France because they, they, they knew he was moving on. Jürgen's obviously decided 
right, he's not going to get first-team minutes this season. He's not going to get enough first-team minutes this season. Let's go and develop his career. That's mm-hmm. why he's been looking to move on. Kiraveya, he's made this decision on. Origi's there. Origi's still got a fighting chance. Origi's seven goals. Trump Solanke and Ings is two goals last yeah. season. And that's what we're coming down to now. It's fine margins. It's fine margins of success. We cannot, we're not in a position where if we truly want to take a tilt at this title, we can go in with strikers who aren't going to score enough goals. Origi might not fit the playing style, but he does score goals. Yeah, exactly. It was interesting. Did you see the Daniel Sturridge interview? I can't, I can't remember who it was with, but he said everything that we'd speculated that he said he'd gone to West Brom and he'd kind of he'd seen basically seen how his future his future was laid out in front of him, and he's come back going, "I no, I don't want that. I don't want to live in. I don't want to live in that world. I don't want to live in getting relegated to the Championship. I want to play for a club that's going to be at, uh, at the top." And I think that's it. I think we've got everyone's everyone's there and everyone's competitive and that's the the atmosphere that he's cultivated with this uh, and you know because he, he did his press conference prior to Man United and he wouldn't be drawing on players moving out because and I said in the, in the, the, the reaction video what's the point what's the point of, of staring up speculation he needs everyone's heads in the game here because you just, you've got to you, while well, you've got a guy in the box you've got to carry him and if you're carrying players then they're having a detrimental impact on, on what you're doing effectively so you know I think um we're going to surprise. I think what our, our Premier League squad looks like will probably surprise one or two come the come the start of the season. Because again, it's already surprised me. I, you know, there's so many things that have happened that I would never have guessed in a million years. But as you said before, this happens every summer. We go into a summer with an idea of what's going to happen, and we start the season doing something completely different. Yeah. Okay. Um, again, this is the question that everybody is on everybody's lips or keyboards. Does Jurgen Klopp and this Liverpool team, Paul Machen, need to win a trophy this year? Um, look, I, I get what people mean by that, but so the simple answer is yes. Can I have this camera, please, Louis? Yes, because Liverpool Football Club exists to win trophies. However, if you're telling me that it, an FA Cup win comes at the expense of finishing in the top four, I'm sorry, I know it's sad. People will go. Rrr. It's not important, you know what I mean. I wouldn't sacrifice what we were doing for a domestic cup. It's nice. It's a nice day out, and it's a nice little, it's a nice little pot. But Arsenal went chasing those pots to try and save the manager because they needed a trophy. What Liverpool need to do is to be competitive at the top end of the Premier League whilst maintaining competitiveness that we've shown in the Champions League. That's all Liverpool need to do this season. If we manage to deliver silverware along the way, then. That is absolutely incredible. But look, the, the fact of the matter is, we're, we're, we're in an unfortunate position now where we've gone too long without a piece of silverware, mm-hmm. but we've gone even longer without the league. We are Liverpool area, you're and mine, is Liverpool the cup side. And that's just Liverpool basically just keeping things ticking over because of this notion of Liverpool needing to win trophies, etc., etc. And I'll level with you. And then maybe there's a younger generation who watch and listen who are like, they would love to see us win a cup. And look, it's brilliant. That treble season was phenomenal. That was, you know, what, what a great, I mean, we were 17. That was just a great season. But it didn't sate us. It didn't make us feel any really, really better. Apart from that treble, because it was an achievement in and of itself. But we, we, we've won FA Cups and League Cups you know, so many of them since we've since we've been while well, we've been growing up, but it doesn't make us feel better about Liverpool. You know, uh, you know, Liverpool have got to. I, ultimately, I would much rather see Liverpool go all in for the league and get pipped at the finish line and finish second, or take it down to the last. You know, if we take it down to the last game of the last two games. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, 
People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Then the rest of it's just, it can do what I think it, what I'm, it I'm very similar in, in what I hope for from this season, but I, it's, I can sum what I want in, in one word. Improvement, mm-hmm. and that's all it is for me, you know. And and that means all of the things that you've spent the last two minutes explaining. It's getting closer to these trophies, bridging that gap to Manchester City. I think we've already seen improvement this season, mm-hmm. not in a footballing sense, but in an off the field sense. And I think we've seen that for the last two years now. Yeah. I think we've seen an, a, a willingness to dip into the markets and spend the money that we need to spend mm-hmm. to give us that competitive edge to put us on a level playing field with the likes of Manchester City, Manchester United, and the Chelsea this world let's not forget here that we've had one year of a huge amount of investment we're playing catch-up still yeah. right now yeah. Manchester United have had this level of investment for 5 10 15 20 years Chelsea exactly the same Manchester City what when did they first win the league 2012 something like that was it okay. was it was it 2012, something like that? They've had huge sums of, of investment for a large period of time. Yes, Liverpool have spent a lot of money. Yes, we've got a good squad. Yes, we haven't won a, a, a cup yet of note under Jürgen Klopp or of anything under Jürgen Klopp apart from was the Asian Cup or something like that. I forget, whatever it was. It, it's, it's completely irrelevant. What Liverpool need to do is keep bridging that gap in a financial sense, in a footballing sense, because we've got the best fans in the world. Mm-hmm. We've already proved last season that we've got the hardest place to come to. We're a great side in European football. We can play great football in the Premier League. Now it's about capitalising on that yeah. and hoping, quite honestly, for a few slip-ups from a few other teams. Well, it's all part and parcel of it. That was a, that was a, the thing... Uh, 
I, it was a point I actually made. I said, I made to you, and I said, look, look, this is the problem that people don't get around when they say you've got to win a trophy, you've got to win the league. It's just the the basic fundamentals of football are if Manchester City win every single league game, it's not going to happen. But if Man City did, if they won thirty eight league games. They would win the league, and there'd be nothing Liverpool could do about it because Liverpool would, at the very, at the, at the very most, finish six points short of them because that's the that's the way it is. So there are always things, and again, you can get to, you can get to finals, you can lose a final because you can have a dodgy decision go against you, and someone can stick one in the top bin, and you're out, you've lost it. It's as simple as. But the point is, is you've just got to get yourself in those positions, and it's like it's like XG. Effectively, in a much wider, in a much wider situation, you just increase the quality of chances that you're taking. You know, you mean you 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 you, you get your all-round play right, and you put yourself in the strongest touching distance of silverware, and then maybe you need a little bit of slice of luck. But you know, effectively, that's what Liverpool need to get into the in, into the uh, habit of doing. And we've why done that. why are people obsessed with Liverpool needing to win a trophy this season? What is that? Do you think it's Liverpool fans, no. or do you, no, do you think it's fans? No, it is Liverpool fans. I think off, off the back of it because I don't I don't think you can disagree with the rhetoric when you when you when again it's a uh, Liverpool exists to win trophies. Liverpool have spent big money, so they should be in contention for it. Look, we've all done it. We've all said it because we like to we all like to make Mourinho and Man United fans feel awkward about themselves that Man United should be far more competitive. We say it, but we say it with a little bit of a. A little bit of a poke just to see if you can get a reaction. But Liverpool are now in that circumstance, so it's not wrong for people to to demand that. But the problem is, it's just weird. What 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 we're, what we're really saying and what everyone's really saying, or at least should be saying about that, is not that you demand the title. It's that you demand the title challenge because you, so many because things factors can end up beyond your control in, in in that regard. But what is within your, in your control is over the thirty eight games you should be able with that squad to. Make a very, very good fist of cool. it. Okay. Um, tell you what, you managed to get a few interviews with a few players from the mix zone that we've not released yet. Paul, mm. we'll play a little bit of a clip of that now. Tell us a little bit about it before we do. Yeah, so I got to speak uh, in brief to Jaden Shakiri, Joe Gomez, uh, Shay Ojo. Andy Robertson. Um, we have got those interviews on theredmentv.com. Here's a little taste It's been a it's been a mad few days here, hasn't it? I think an open training yesterday, getting mobbed by the fans. I mean, with the greatest respect to the uh, to the volume of Hull City fans, there's nothing quite like the Liverpool supporters. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's completely different. Uh, you know, American supporters are a lot different to the British ones as well. And um, you know, it's been a good experience for all the lads. It's you know what a, a fantastic turnout tonight and like you said the open training session and stuff was um you know was good yesterday so you know it's been a great experience for all of us and it's something that um you know will and it'll especially help the young lads playing in, in front of big crowds and stuff like that and get them used to it but um you know i'm looking forward to getting back to the you know back to the liverpool fans back home so is the reason that there's no video for this is that is it just that you tower over all of them Jaden Shakiri was a very awkward interview to be perfectly honest yeah that's why we only put the Virgil van Dijk one out from the other from the other week <laughs> uh, mainly just to show that I'm almost, I'm almost as tall as Virgil um, but the no uh, yeah we had, we had a couple of technical issues in that regard so there is the, the full audios out for subscribers and there's a there's a pseudo video version as well but yeah you know it's just interesting interesting insight particularly the Shakiri stuff um, because he clearly believes that he's at the right club and he's at the right level, and um, and you can tell that. And he's you know he scored the overhead kick at the, at, at the weekend. You can tell in the celebration. He um, he believes he's right to be at Liverpool, and I love that. I love that attitude. And also, 
there's a bit from Andy Robertson where he's clearly not looking forward to going uh, to France for the training camp because Jürgen is going to ruin all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to absolutely physically destroy them all and none of them are looking forward to that, but they're all weirdly looking forward to it in the same regard because I think he's got like a Stockholm Syndrome thing going on with them where he just basically pummels at them and uh, they they love him for it, which is great. Um, Asher Wells, and we'll get into some of the questions. Uh, This is from the website, actually. If you had to escape a prison as a five, who would the other four members of the team be out of the Liverpool squad? All players included and why? Okay, so I went for Virgil van Dijk because I need like an enforcer. Yeah, um, I want a big physical presence. They're kind of like my Groot, as it were. You know, if you want to get if you want to get stuck in, um, I went for Alberto Moreno because I think you know, you want a tunnel digger. Yeah, and you want somebody who can fit, fit through small gaps. Um, for example, I went for Andy Robertson because you always need to have a Scott in any sort of prison breaks kind of situation. Uh, and I went for most. What I wanted, I'll be honest, I wanted like a. Normally it would have been like an Emery Chan or a Jamie Redknapp or whatever from from years gone by. You need like you you need a face, a team style. You know you need you need a face man. You need someone who's got who's all all and it's the all smiles thing. He's got a wonderful winning smile. So if you need him to flirt with some guards to get you to get you out, uh, but also he's fast as well. I'm, I reckon I could probably jump on his back and he could probably still be faster than most people. Like so, uh, yeah. I went for I went for Mo Salah to round me four. So I've gone with Kaita is your version of the Moreno. Okay, small can get through gaps that he wants. He's Much also, better. Totally t- forgot he existed. Yeah. yeah. So uh, exactly that. Virgil Van Dijk, the big enforcer, is exactly what you need. Lovren I see as the bomb specialist. Okay. I don't know why it's because he's always got his phone out and he's always tinkering with Snapchat and all that type of stuff. Like I'm more off. Is he expendable in that regard as well? We'll come on to something similar to that later on. Okay. This is another question. Um, Salah, because he's fast. And then I'm not sure whether we're going to have a torch or not. So if we have a torch, I'd probably take Henderson because I feel like... Four. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Well, I've picked five. Apologies. You're staying in prison. I'm doing this You're, stay, you're going to stay in prison and let the five escape. Is that if what there's no doing? torch, I want Firmino in there to light the room up. Okay, sad. Okay, that's okay. that. Okay, wicked. Uh, Simon Smith, Beckingham. Um, Who wins Posh's Name of the Week award. Thanks that's the much, second Simon. time he's won that. Uh, my point, watching Keita versus Dortmund and listening to Klopp, I think he we, he, he may see Keita as Marnie's backup, like Shaqiri is for Salah. Then we have others that can fill the void in midfield, like Milner or Wijnaldum. Let me know your thoughts. So this follows on from what I kind of alluded to earlier about the this, 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 the Curtis Jones stuff. I agree with that. I, I don't think we will see, I don't think we'll see it often, but I think if you've got a situation where you need that, Keita did play on the left-hand side for Leipzig a couple of times last season when I, when I watched him and because he's got the pace and the direct running he's not the same because ultimately you know you play in midfield for a reason you don't go forward a row mm. in Klopp's Liverpool you tend to go you tend to go back a row but I, th- I think that's the beauty of a lot of what we've we've got there is that versatility we don't own many specialists Um you can um, the goalkeepers and probably what Virgil Van Dijk really are the are the true true specialists. We've got everyone else you'd be happy to see playing in, at a push in a, in a, in a couple of positions maybe. So um, I think I for me, I think I think the Kaita thing. I, I'd be surprised. I'd be really surprised if we saw him out on the left. Not because I don't think he can do it. I just I just think it's a bit of a waste of his talents. Mm-hmm. I, I can definitely see, and this is where it comes down to where Mane plays. I can see him as a Mane backup. But more in that like inside forward role, do you yeah. know what I mean? Rather than hugging the touchline type yeah, of the yeah. thing. I think Marnie's come in so often to play that almost number ten role. Even like the Shakiri role from the other night, I see Kaita in that because mm-hmm. 
his vision, his passion's absolutely superb. Like his through balls, we've seen it with storage all pre-season long. I, I, I expect that we'll see Kaito a lot further up the field than we probably thought when we originally bought him. Yeah, I think, I, I think the, the the way the question for him makes it sound as though Kaito won't play. You know what I mean? Like he'll be he'll be on the bench and come on for Mali, which I don't I don't think is the case. But I think the notion that if we're rot- if we're heavily rotating, you know, if we have an injury crisis. Like I say, we've already seen, I think you can see a couple of players that we've got might play in positions that we're not. I mean, again, would you put James Milner on the left wing or you could put, you, can, you know, you can trust James Milner to do a job in the midfield. You'd rather see Cater playing with his pace. He would probably be better, slightly better suited to the front three. But that, again, it's another one of those surprises. I wouldn't shock me to see a couple of those things that we've not even really considered yet mm. be, be things come the end of the year. Uh, okay, Asher Wells, how do you think the squad would have evolved, succeeded or failed had Ancelotti taken over almost three years ago? And I replied last week on this one, said that's a great question. As one of the minority to actually want Ancelotti, I'd be bang up for answering this next week. And so I think I will. And I think we could have well won silverware. Mm-hmm. By now, I think we might have won a, an FA Cup or a League Cup or something like that. But I don't envisage that we'd be in as good a place as supporters as we are right yeah. now. Because Jürgen Klopp gets us. Jürgen yeah. Klopp is the perfect man for this job. Now, Ancelotti might have got more money out of FSG earlier on. Mm-hmm. Because I think that was one of the things that FSG didn't go with him for, is that he... He wanted two hundred million to spend. He on came spine. in and said, "This team's not good enough. I need exactly. I want to buy a, a spine, and it's going to cost. Here's how much it's thing. going to cost." You know, he he would have wanted, that. and I'm sure Jürgen would have wanted that, but he was willing to work within the constraints yeah. and to build it up gradually, which probably suited FSG a little bit more. But would we be in as good a position as as we are now? I don't think so, and I think I think we could have maybe started to get a little bit frustrated because he's the type of manager that. You don't, you're not gravitated towards him like you are with Jürgen Klopp. You're almost like, Jürgen's a bit of a deity, isn't he? People, tell, people say they like Ancelotti. People like Ancelotti because he's a winner. Yeah, exactly, but that's people, why I like him. Exactly, and I, but I don't think anyone could tell me, not many people I think he would tell me what what it is about Ancelotti. Is it his personality, his is his character, exactly. And and so there's a chance, and this, uh, this is predicated on whether FSG would ever have really taken him on because of the money that he would have demanded to make it happen. But I think we'd have got, you know, I think we've now, this summer, after three years of Jürgen Klopp, got the spine. I think we'd have probably had it much quicker. But I think we'd have possibly ended up with a similar situation to what we had with Rafa, where we built, we had the spine, and then we all we were perennially trying to figure out the bits to bolt on, on onto the sides of it. So you know, listen, we might well have made that breakthrough. I think the other thing is is, the league, but I think the other thing that's massively important is the type of signings that Ancelotti would make. Now he's not a guy who is bringing in young players. I don't think if Ancelotti's here, you've got and and listen, he's not signed a new contract yet, but Mane will sign a five-year deal Mm -hmm. in the next couple of weeks, I'd guess. We will have Mane, Salah, and Firmino, our three star players, on five year contracts at Liverpool. Yeah. You know, I don't think that we'd be anywhere near that type of position. We might have an older squad, mm-hmm. and this is where I think it will fall apart ultimately with Ancelotti looking back now with hindsight. Is everything's got to pull in the same direction? Yeah. And Ancelotti doesn't feel like he wasn't the best fit for FSG, even if he was the best fit to be Liverpool manager. Yeah. At some point, those relationships would have broken down, and yeah. that's why ultimately I think it, it maybe would have failed. Yeah, he's just, he's just he, look, he's one of them, isn't he? He's a, he's a journeyman manager, and he's a very good journeyman manager. Be interesting to see what he does at Napoli. To be fair, because they, you know, they're within touching distance of being where they need to be. But is he that? Is he that X factor to to carry them on? Because the thing is, 
Liverpool were such a distance away from where we needed to be. And uh, you know, we we talk about we talk about maybe we would have delivered the League Cup or FA Cup. We come bloody close to that regardless, haven't we? You know what I mean? So I can't see that the the difference would have been tangible. You know, the, you know, it, it would have taken a lot for us to be to get to be better than we've been in the last three years. Okay, uh, our Ben Kelly at B Kelly seven seven six. Paul, what was the best food you tried in New York? To be honest, I didn't. I didn't. I just worked a lot. The I had the best thing. It wasn't necessarily the best cooked or the best whatever, but it was going into a into like a, a diner and just having having pancakes and bacon and stuff just slid across slid across the there's definitely something very very American about that so I fully I fully indulged at Hibs uh, 1001 if one of your kids came and said dad I've decided to support United or the blue shite what would your reaction be A no problem it's your choice B I'm not happy but okay C file for adoption D other yeah we, we did this the other week didn't we um, I yeah the, the trick is is just to it's just to say you're not happy and let, and kind of step away, I believe, um, because you don't want to end up with a situation where people do it. There's a lot of people who are fans of football clubs out of spite, and that's why it's why you find uh, families where you've got your brothers together, and you're a good example of it. Support different brothers, support different teams because they support a different team in spite of the in spite of the brother or to wind the brother up, etc., etc. Um, so yeah, for, uh, to use a to use Brian Reed's quote on this, you've just got to step back and say. I'm not happy about it, and also I'm never going to support you in your support of another you're football club. You're never going to a football game. I'm you're never ne- taking you. You're to never going to own a shirt, and you're never going to see a football match. That's with the me. way to do it. Uh, Sai Banstead, how much of a kid did you feel when interviewing Jurgen Klopp? I, you know what, didn't feel like a kid. I actually felt like a proper grown up. You know what I mean? Like it was that was because I've had the, the bit. I felt like a bit of a kid when I called him in the mix zone uh, a few days earlier and whatever because that was just a proper like I was like. I was holding the camera and I had the mic and it was like, ah, that felt a bit like, that felt very much like old school red men, like we're flying by the seat of our pants. Is everything captured? I don't know if this has worked, et cetera, et cetera. But by the time we got to speak to him, we had a proper professional setup. It was well organized and that, and that was like the most, that was for me, was the, the, the a perfect indication of where we've all come from in the last, in the last few years that, this has been eight years that we've been grafting our arse off and that's the first time we've caught bits so we've had a few questions with Brendan Rodgers during other things we got five six minutes to sit down with Rafa at his missus's event I've caught Kenny Dalglish on the red carpet at his, but I've caught uh, Gerard Ullier in a, in a mix zone before but to be able to sit down like grown ups and have a proper chat yeah it was it was weirdly the, the exact opposite and the other question that everybody's been asking uh, that's not on this agenda when are you frigging releasing it? Soon, but not too soon. When the time is right and fever pitch is reached. Well, as I say, it's going to be inside a month. So if you want to sign up to the website, now's the best time to do it. I highly recommend. I mean, we, we say this a lot on the on the podcast and every bit of content, but do go and sign up to the RedmenTV.com because the best thing is if you sign up, you'll get to watch that interview for nothing because it's part of your three months trial, uh, as well as a whole host of other stuff. There's loads of stuff we got from the States and really good interviews. And as I say, the stuff with the, the players, uh, including Jane Shakiri in the mix zone, all of that stuff is very, very good. And it's very much on the, the RedmenTV.com. He's right. Listen to him. Go and do it. At underscore Harry Holmes. LFC Hunger Games. Which plane are you pairing up with and why? Andy Robertson. Really? Why? Mm-hmm. Because I just think he's got that. He's, he's got the engine for it. It's not, you know, it's a, it can be a bit of a slog because at the end of the day, maybe there are, look, we've only ever seen how Katniss, is that her name? Yeah. Okay. So we've only ever seen her story, really. 
And if her story, if she, if 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 she paired up with someone else, and they killed everyone in the first five minutes, maybe that happens in other Hunger Games in other years. So maybe that's a much better approach to what she's done with it. Um, but again, you want someone who's got the longevity. You want someone with who, 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 he's not, he's not, he's, he's small, he's fast, he's not going to need loads of food, he's prepared to take a bullet for you, kind of thing as well. Like so, yeah, I wouldn't mind. I, you say Andy, get up that tree and make us a den. I think he'd do that. Yeah, exactly. I've gone for a, a, a similar player for very similar reasons. Uh, I've gone Danny Ings. Just because, <laughs> you know, yeah. the way he sculpts around, Paul, yeah. I think he'd be great in the bush. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think mm. he, you never seen him there. He's always talking around, like, where's this thing? Yeah. I think he, he's got that tenacity that I want, mm. and it's exactly the same as Andy Robertson. And? He's expendable. And he's expendable. <laughs> Just to watch out. <laughs> but the, the problem with him is that just takes a slight misstep. Cruciate out for out for a year, and then you carry, then you carry, and Danny English. Danny's bait, mate. But the good thing, sorry, the, but Danny's bait. Well, yeah, and true. then I'm still winning. Okay, yeah, you know, I just leave him screaming in the middle of the field, Danger. watch people flock towards <laughs> him, and I just start sniping people like the, out. Like, yeah, yeah, like uh, saving Private Ryan style. Yeah, set, set up. Yeah, okay, I can yeah, see that. There you go. Um, Expendable partners. It's what like you need, Paul. Joel Matip as a human shield. Um, no, he's a bit too passive. He'd get out the way. I'd have to stand sideways behind him and breathe in, to be fair. Like, but, uh, and a bit more, probably. Yeah, as but well. he'd, he'd, he'd have me You might lose him as you're just walking down the street down a grid. Well, Virgil van Dyke and I, I like Tonton style. I could cut him open and live inside. I like that. I like that. Where Virgil van Dyke. <laughs> That's decent. Um, I like that. Yeah, on the Ing stuff, you've got this like dark horse. He always seems to have amazing beds. So maybe you could use. He's, he's clearly possessing of charm. Isn't he? So maybe you could use that to someone get yourself out of a dangerous situation. I'm fine for that. Yeah. Um, okay, Damon Murray. Um, what's Paul going to do to make it up to Chris? Make what up to you? A uh, little matter of you interviewing Jurgen Klopp on your own. You turned it down? Still. <laughs> Want something? <laughs> Ask your wife. I might have already had something. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Chris is fine, ladies and gents. Okay. Um, explain how Redmen started, how Paul and Chris met, how you met the rest of the guys. Idea for Redmen. I've done this a bazillion times and it takes ages, so do let's do quick. it quickly. Uh, explain how Redmen started. You've yeah. got five seconds. Wanted One, to make videos for Liverpool. Three. How did Paul and Chris meet? Met One, in school. Two. How'd you meet the rest of the guys? One, They came two. to work for us for nothing and we liked them. Idea for Redmen. One, two, three, four. Who came up with the idea for Redmen? Oh, um, me, I guess. And? Well, a little bit of Aubrey. Okay. Which two current Liverpool players can replace the ageing Paul and Chris in Redmen TV, personality-wise? So, Jay, Carl, Lai. My immediate reaction was to go like, Hendel Alana, but they're not too much younger than us. So, you know, you're not getting longevity out of that. You know, it's all well and good. But this is like buying, you know, they're both heading towards 30. So, you know, it would help us in that regard. It'd probably have to be like Trenton Woodburn or... Trenton Curtis. Trenton Curtis, yeah. So. Which way round do you see that? Um, I don't think we're either of them, if I'm perfectly honest. No, and they're definitely not us either. They're, yeah. they're far too cool to be us. Yeah. Yeah, uh, probably, you'd probably be the Curtis and I'd probably be the Trent. Okay, <laughs> I thought lot, you were going to pick different you're a lot, you're, a lot garbier, you're a lot garbier than I am, so I can... <laughs> Curtis Jones, by the way, is amazing. I have, like, like it didn't get it didn't get seen. We had an issue with the mix-on stuff from the United game. 
but it literally he was walking past so, so the first mix zone we did and he stopped and had a chat and he was great and he was dead like you know it's all going to plan amazing by the way he then got off and he forgot something and he came back and he went just come back for another one <laughs> and then this bit came back and then the next the next one I dropped him went because he said about getting a goal I was like where was your goal he went alright he brought me on it right back what am I meant to, what am I meant to do did I'm you like, see him telling Camacho that's my spot did you see that from the television cameras? No, no, no. So as he's got as the game's finished, he runs over to Camacho and goes, "That's my spot now." He's, got, I'm gonna fucking take that right back spot. Like, <laughs> I love him. Like, he's fucking brilliant. He is okay, uh, I tell you what, we've been going quite a while now. How long have we been going, Louis? Okay, we'll go one more question then. Um, I'm just gonna pick it out now. While I pick a question, I'll put what was your favourite thing other than the Jurgen Klopp from the uh, US tour. You know what, the, the, there's two, and it was being in the bars before the game, so it was being in Carragher's bar before the Man City game, and being in Conor O'Neill's before the um, before the Man United I game. I picked my question now, sorry. <laughs> um, but no, the, the depth of response from people, like yeah. we, we, you, you saw it in LA, and I saw it in Boston the time, the time before, but the volume of people who came up to me, and people saying, thanks very much, or, or whatever, and people saying, like, what a big difference. There's like a young lad, and he, he just said, I watch everything. He's like, and he's telling me about the, the videos on retro football that he watches and all that, and I'm like, just, you know, astounded. And so, yeah, and particularly in Conor O'Neill's in, in Ann Arbor, like, we got in there at like five or six hours before kickoff, and it was booming in there people were just singing dancing bouncing up and down and I said that to me was like some of the European aways we were on mm -hmm. we didn't see atmospheres like that and they're you know they're talking about the absolute hardcore of Liverpool's fan base travelling away for the Champions League games and that was absolutely as good as anything I've seen. So yeah, uh, absolutely made up and, and, and totally thrilled and honoured to be involved in those things. Amazing. I I mean, I, I can only think back to LA myself and it was absolutely incredible then and, and, and Redman TV's grown since then so I can only imagine what you've gone through. Um, so last question, at Scottish Gooner. Interesting. What is the correct method to make tea? Milk before or after water? Uh, why does this come up so often? This because is like people the, keep answering it this wrong. This is like Paul. fucking pineapple on pizza thing. Like people get weirdly obsessed over over things that are weird. Like ultimately, who's asked? But realistically, it it, it must take a very precise OCD person, I think, to put the milk in first because I like to judge. I like to I like to go go with the, the flow on things and add, add me milk in last. Now I know that that is apparently in etiquette ways. Wrong. But it's also, we're going to get into it now. Um, is it, the, what, what is it? Why do you like to put the milk in last? So I can judge how much milk needs to go in my tea because there's times when I don't leave it brewing for as long. I don't, if you left it, if you know exactly how long you're leaving your tea bag in for and you know exactly how much milk you're going to put in and all that, then fine. I'm just not that kind of personal personality. So I, I kind of, I play it all by ear. I think science proved 11, 12 years ago, something like that, the mm -hmm. milk is supposed to go in first. Mm -hmm. But science, what science can't prove is how people like their tea. Yeah, That's the difference. So the reason that you're supposed to put your milk in first and add your tea to your milk is if you pour boiling... If you pour your milk... Hang on, how the fuck do you work this out? It's something to do with the proteins in the milk, right? And you're more likely to get a skin on top of your yeah. tea if you put your milk in second yeah. rather than first. So it's all to do with how the proteins are. Like, there's loads of different ways you could heat milk up. Like, don't fry it. You, you know what I mean? You're never going to fry a cup of tea. But I think when you've brewed your tea in a pot, 
absolutely go fucking mental, put your milk in first. But if you're brewing in a cup, for fuck's sakes, don't put the milk in first because the tea needs to brew in boiling water and you're cooling the water down by putting cold milk. That'll do me nicely. So we've so got, we go. we got a bunch more questions, haven't we, that we're going to get through? more questions, mate. We have got some absolute belters about sides from the 90s versus the 2000s. Would you rather win the league and fail in the Champions League group stages every year for five years? There's all kinds of stuff. We're going to continue that debate over on the website. I reckon we've got about another 10, 15 questions. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to getting into that. Don't forget to like the video. Subscribe if you haven't already to us on YouTube. Over 280,000 people strong now. It's pretty mental. Mm. That's like way over four times the capacity at Anfield. Yeah. We're, we're, we're getting, we're approaching Iceland's population in, in subscribers now. <laughs> yeah. I think they're like 330,000. We should be them. able to put together a pretty decent footy team, but then if that's half, the case, like... Over half of Liverpool in numbers yeah. subscribe to the Redmen TV. It's absolutely mind-boggling. Mm. Isn't it just? It's crazy. Like the video, subscribe to the Redmen TV on YouTube and we'll catch you on the subscriber special on theredmentv.com. Ta-ra. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money.